Strike a Chord, Music Chit Chat with your host, Valentino Gikowski. Welcome to the Strike a Chord podcast. On this episode, we have Mark Gardner, who is a singer-songwriter and a multi-instrumentalist. Now, we did have some technical issues with the podcast in the first few minutes, so apologies in advance, but it's a great podcast episode nonetheless. We start this episode with Mark telling us a bit about him taking on his first instrument, the piano. A big thank you to my guest Mark Gardner for a quite enjoyable episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Yeah, so Mark, the piano. Yeah, I took up piano um, and uh, played quite a bit for since you know eight, eight years old, I guess, and um, learnt a lot of music theory, I guess, and all the you know um, the rudiments of music, if you like. Yep. And then I, I hit high school, and I uh, I wanted to sing number one and number two. I wanted to take up another instrument. It was actually going to be saxophone. Oh, great. And um, believe it or not, um, and the last one got hired out to a nice-looking um, lady, actually. Okay. And uh, um, at the time, I thought, oh, no, I've got to give it to her. So I thought, well, the next big best thing was trumpet. So I took up – so I ended up taking up trumpet because brass is used in a lot of different forms of music, yep. being jazz, um, Latin music, and also other great uh, forms of rock. And, and, and I, I used to love it. And – I think Blues Brothers, I was taken back uh, by uh, seeing Blues Brothers at a scout camp, believe it or not. Okay. And uh, I was probably 12 or 13 or something, and, and that's what really got me into playing the trumpet, I think. Um, that movie, I think, changed my life. Yeah, um, okay. Shake your tail for those. Uh, shake your brass, tail. <laughs> brass, brass line in that, you know, that, you know. Definitely know that one. Definitely know that one. I guess... I guess too, at a young age, I got into you know the likes of Hunters and Collectors in Chicago. Yep. Used to have Chicago playing on the radio a lot as a okay. kid, and a lot of soul music I grew up with um, as well. And Dad used to put on. We used to have radio nights with Dad, and he used to put on records, and I used to play John Denver. Yeah, okay, John oh, yeah. Denver. Yeah. But but uh, that's what sort of got me into country and guitar as well. So um, yeah, I think too. Yeah, yeah, sorry, you, you've got a really broad range of, of, of different genres in your in your music. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. You've got a little bit of yeah. pop, country, indie rock. Um, yes. Yeah. It's great. It's very um, – it's, it's, it's all in there, you know? Yeah, it's eclectic. I call it an eclectic sort of genre, sure if you like, because sure it's is. Um, it is a mix. And you're right in what you're saying because I think um, – I don't like to sort of be categorised into one genre, mm. but I think – it's important to write different styles too, as as a musician or an artist. If you're writing songs, it's yeah. always good to try different things. Um, I think too. I think when I started singing, I always came up. When I started writing songs, I think I came up with the hooks and things first, mm. the choruses quite quite easily in melody. Um, so I think that's where that sort of came from. I think in the end, um, when all, when you're all saying the influences the in your head, different in your, in your, in your yeah, soul. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Stevie Wonder was a massive probably a massive influence as well okay. growing up and, and the likes of, you know, the pop pop idols, you know, yeah. at the time, Michael Jackson, or, you know, Bruce Springsteen, all those sort of guys and in excess, a massive, That's, massive fan, you know. I, I, I think um, we're showing our age there now a little bit. <laughs> That's yeah. Our age. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, no, I think, I think because I started playing trumpet in concert bands and school bands and brass bands, I was sort of taught at probably a pretty young age. I had my ears right on brass, you know, it was mm. going to be, the way I was going to go, I thought, oh, you know, I was I actually did quite well playing trumpet through school and played in a lot of school bands and won a lot of awards, actually, a lot of school oh, awards cool. through through playing for community bands and things. Um, I won my most most improved player when I was 14 in the local Jeez. brass band. And I was That's only good. 14 and, and I went away to the um, Tananda Brass Competition in Tananda and I was pretty young. So, and it was good to be playing in a brass band as well, a local community brass band, the Croydon Brass Band, that is. And, and that was um, gave me a really good boost for playing. And I played in the Ringwood Festival Orchestra as well, pretty young age. Actually played alongside um, the lead violinist of the Bolshoi Orchestra. She ended up going... Really? And, yeah, Joanne Warwick. She ended up playing in the Bolshoi Orchestra. So that was pretty fascinating to know that. And we had some pretty good musicians in that orchestra, actually, and a lot of them have gone on. And even my school band, like the concert band, there was a lot of musicians that went on. Um, you might know of Sharon Kempton. She she won a big opera award in Melbourne, in Victoria, um, would have been in the early 2000s. Okay. Um, she's a massive opera singer in, in Europe at the moment. And, there were, you know, we went to the same college, same high school. We were in the same concert band, so... It's really cool to, to share that. Um, always, always but, is you've got that um, one degree of separation with other successful musicians, you know? 
Yeah, I mean Wally, Wally, Wally Kempton from the Meanies, Wally uh, oh, yeah, from the Meanies. Yeah. He he, um, he went to the same school, you know, and um, yeah, there's lots of different people, and um, yeah, it's quite interesting, sort of quite eclectic, sort of a little bit. Um, yeah, and that helps in a way. development, right? From a, from a young age, yeah. it helps development. It helps, especially being in, in the brass. It's it's a different ball game, right? Well, well, music's a really it's a it's you know, music's an expression, but it's also a form of communication, and mm. people forget that. And yep. if if you can yep. set the mood for for the the moment, that's even better. If you can set the mood to improve the moment, that's got to be a plus. So, of course, my 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 thoughts are always you know we want to improve the moment in in you know if something's happened, let's Which try and improve have? the moment. And um, sure. it's always good to be a bit of a positive impact rather than the negative impact, yeah. but. Always. Um, look, I, I just, I love it. I just get a real kick out of writing a song and then and then playing back to others and people start singing it. That's even better when they sing it back to you. And I guess uh, the earlier songs that I wrote for the Great Divide EP at the mm-hmm. time, um, I mean, the Great Divide song was written when I was 16 and okay. um, I demoed that. Um, that was the demo that I did. Oh, that was a demo, initially. was it? Yeah. Um, and it was an eight-track eight reel to reel. I've still got that demo of it. <laughs> of course, you want I'll to keep all that stuff, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've still got it. And um, the the other uh, went back and recorded it later on, but um, yeah, about twenty years later on. But anyway, mm. um, but um, that was really really good fun when I recorded that. Um, I guess too, I um, came up with some different hooks. It was a bass. It was a bass drum. Bum bum bum. I really wanted to concentrate like the heartbeat of a of a okay. country. So I thought yeah. that'll be the yeah. heartbeat. And then, then just came up with that sort of the, the folk sort of uh, feeling mm. of the G to E minor sort of structure, which was pretty much the, the verse. And then there's just a bass line really done and then went to G, F sharp, E sort of thing. And then, 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 then it went straight into a chorus, which was slightly different to the norm. And I thought, well, I'll try a few different things. Sort of gave it a bit of a um, bit of a rock feel in in the chorus, but it was probably more folk country that song. Mm. Um, and I, 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 I never really I get thought that sense of it as well. When I, heard I it. never really thought of it, but people thought, oh, it sounds quite indigenous and quite you know. And you know, I thought I'll add the you know didgeridoo onto the recording uh, later, and 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 actually it was recorded at um, Highway Nine Productions in Croydon, and then okay. um, just up the road from where I originally recorded, and then I. Um, I actually got it remixed by Brian Cannon from from Shadow Echo. Oh, I had a oh, really, really? different, yeah, I had a really different okay. approach to the first EP. I really wanted to put something really nice and chunky together. Yeah, because um, I'd I'd played in previous bands, like I played in a band called Bricks and Mortar. That was my first band, and I, I probably learnt a lot of my songwriting through that band, being a sort of a punk ska, yep. reggae. We we played all sorts of genres in that band. It was sort of rock, um, and it was it was a band that we set up a rehearsal studio. We set up a recording studio there, and we just um, learnt the whole process from reel to reel to ADAT to, you know, back when you ADAT. had it, you, you mastered to ADAT, you know, onto on, on ADAT. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, I used yeah. to have. I used to have that yeah. all, all that gear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we had all the gear back and, in the day, and, and that was the thing, you know, digital. It was. I hate that. It was. Oh, I've got it on that. No more reel to reel. No splicing and all that. Nah, none of none of that. And but it was that, actually, yeah, it was actually really quite costly too. This it gear was. and and. It and was. Um, I remember yeah, right. going to Metropolis. We we had a we yeah, had a recording Metropolis. of, um, I think the only one actually it was was a which is on the current album, <laughs> actually um, the only one we we did a did a version of that and we just weren't happy with it in the end. But it sounded to me it sounds pretty good. But um, for some reason the drums we didn't seem to record that well or something. I don't know. But it was a we learned we learned a lot from it. So it yeah, different amazing. platform, different sound. Your ears. I think back then digital was something like. You know, it was like 3D for your ears. It's like you're not used to it, you know. It's like, you know, it was like, what's happening here? Like, I, I know because I had all that. I, I had I had the A that. I had the that, you know. I spent a lot of money, you know, back then. And it was like, uh, it, it was a weird experience because you're, you're listening through things that are uh, right, right in your face, you know. You think, oh, okay, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember, I actually remember recording on a four-track uh, cassette. You on know, a Tascam. Well. <laughs> Tascam, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's I what I too. started recording my songs yeah. on initially. Yeah. Yeah. I'd put down a rhythm part, then I'd put down a vocal or yeah. do both at, at once. And then you used to I'll... bounce the tracks to, yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. That, was quite in- that was quite an interesting process. And that sort of got me into the whole process of, of writing songs and recording. Um, and then I 
I probably didn't stop from there. I mean, a lot of people just stop, you know, their mm. first band. So I kept going. And I mean, I had, I had 20 songs that, or I think I wrote about a dozen by then or 10 anyway. Dude, that's a fair like, effort, Mark. That's which a was, fair which, effort. Which I think I was about 20 or 19 and I had, had about, I think I had about, yeah, probably 12 songs. Jeez, Look, that's a couple good. of them. A couple of them were pretty cheesy, and a lot of them weren't. Well, a couple of them I didn't even record. I, I just put them on a cassette, mm. and I left them for some time. And one of them was The House of Love, you know. And okay. That, that, and I was just going through the whole archive of recordings that I had at the time. I thought, oh, maybe I'll reinvent this song. And I had had snippets of how it should go and all that anyway. So I wrote the verse chorus, but I thought I'll improve it. When I picked it up and recorded it for the first EP, it was was great fun because I was able to work out, have that, have that hook, that na, 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 which was a, which I ended up making a brass hook on the first EP, which in a, it was probably a mistake in a sense. I probably should have had that as a singing because every time I pull that song out, I get the crowd singing that, that, that theme. But at that time, it sounds brassy. And this is the thing with brassy, it can sound like a vocal, it can sound singing, as you said. It Absolutely. sounds like it's like it's like brass, but it can be done as a vocal, or sometimes even you know a backup yeah. backup vocal, like three or four singers can probably do it. You know, well that's right. And I thought I'll I'll throw the trumpet on there and yeah. and the euphonium. I put the because I, I took okay. up euphonium in the brass band, which jeez, um, it, it, re- it really um it's 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 the same fingering as a trumpet, but it's it's just a really low end. Yeah, it's a bass instrument pretty much, Correct. but it's it's sort of in between like. So I played baritone. So it was a, as a um, an instrument that was um, probably my more of my vocal lower range. Okay. As in a developing style, but um, it's tuned my ears into more the bass frequencies of brass, and I, I never really had that experience at, at a young age until later. So and that's a very important. I yeah, I think it is, it's and, very and it was important. really important. I think so, and it sort of opened my ears a lot more. And mm. I think it's really important if you are a musician or an artist. That you try different instruments because you tune into different sounds, and Definitely. and this is one of the things I keep trying to challenge myself on. I mean, I'm trying to learn this mandolin that's behind me at the moment. Oh, so, really? Cool. Um, you probably see it there. There yeah. it is. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's awesome. um, yeah, it's a great, great little instrument, but it, it's slightly different fingering. But you can change the fingering too. You can change it to you know you can change the um. Was tuning the, um, tuning to suit guitar or whatever you want, yeah. really. So, you can, yeah. I, I like the uh, the mandola, which is the the I think it's the bigger version. It's a I think it's a tenor oh, right. version or something. It's it's actually okay. big and it's actually a deeper mm. deeper sound. Um, yeah. But look, it's it's a great instrument, but it's always that that challenge, you know, of a having the time to to mm. get stuck into it and b having the patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it and and i think too networking i think too if you if you support if you get that whole network around you supporting you yeah. with what you want to achieve as well as an so artist important. So important. i think it all absolutely and it all helps and i think um if you try and um be someone you're not well that's a different story too that's you know because that's your own character right that's not yeah. that's beyond music <laughs> mm, yeah i think it was great to bring the brass out i mean that's yeah. what it's pretty much what I'm about, a pretty brassy sort of character. So, yeah. I mean, there was lots of other songs that I wrote at the time. There was a song on the first EP too called Rain On My Parade, which was initially a song about the Sydney Olympics, which I called Sydney 2000 um, um, many years ago. And, and I, I, I changed that to um, to Rain On My Parade because uh, okay. I thought I needed a better theme and I thought oh, I might be a bit stronger with the trumpet and brass because I made it really brassy and, and it's a quite hooky sort of song, very funky sort of song. So, and that's sort of give it that funky sort of edge and that sort of indie appeal, if you like, at the time. Um, so that that was fun, you know. And 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 what Brian did to it was amazing. Like it just gave all those songs on that first EP gave it another lift, you know. And there was there's another song which I was sort of taken back and still am in a little way because um, Hearts on Fire, for instance, still gets played quite a lot around community radio stations. To yeah. This day and, and even overseas, you more recently in the UK in Ferndale. Okay. Um, yeah, it sort of gets picked up quite a lot around the world. So hearts isn't, on isn't fire. that a great feeling when you know your song's being played? Yeah. Not only locally, it's, but it's being played outside of, you know, your, your, your yeah. you know, geological sort of circumference. You know. Oh look, I'm I'm I mean I'm happy if it's played in Tasmania, be quite honest, oh, in WA look, or Queensland. But sometimes I'm happy if my family plays it, you know, <laughs> let alone anything else in my songs, you know. So, but yeah, but it's, it's funny. 
it's funny though when you're writing songs you you don't think well I don't think they're going to be hit songs I just write them you know so I don't really and then people say oh that's a that's a really good song it's like well you know it was a song you know and I I just write to to express myself really and and it's just a just an outlet that I I enjoy doing I mean I I travel a lot for work at the time and and I tend to write a lot of poetry and, and lyrics and things like that so and and a lot of the songs that I've probably more recently released have probably been from those days too, where where I was sort of in between jobs and I'd, mm. I'd write stuff or you know I'd be on the road or whatever or you know and and sometimes you know when you you know you've got a bit of solitude you tend to to be quite powerful you don't realise it but you tend to be quite powerful in your writing and mm. and, and those experiences the personal experiences you go through as well like I I mean. I've gone through quite a bit as a, as an individual, um, you know, I've sort of went through a case where I, you know, there was a, um, a personal house fire tragedy when I, oh, really? you know, for my 20, my 21st birthday present was coming home to a fire, you know, it wasn't Jeez, the best really? thing in the world. Yeah. Fire. So I sort of changed, that changed my perspective on life and, and I started writing a bit more and I, I guess that's where Hearts on Fire sort of the title came Jeez. from. I mean, initially that was called Love's on Fire, you know, cause I, I was sort of in. I was in love with this other girl at the time. Had him a girlfriend, and and um, she wasn't sure what she wanted, and that sort of stuff. You know, it's like you know, you go through the whole teenage thing, and you try and get some perspective. But I mean, you know, that was a grow growth period, and a, and a mm. probably a character building for me. Um, and I kept writing songs, even though I lost most, you know, piano and lost a lot Jeez. of other things. Um, I was able to rebuild from there and and All grow right. and. Um, from that, I, you know, there's, there's other things that came in, came up, you know, there's, there was, um, also the case of going, you know, between, you know, you know, you're working for this really ma- major corporate company to a smaller company to another, you know, so I was, you know, I, so I, those I, transitions. I had a lot of job changes to be quite honest, you know, and, mm. um, I had a really bad car accident on, on my second job when it, after, Jeez. you know, was quite, quite a, um, quite a bad fall I had and um yeah so it was um a case of getting back on your knees so I, I mean I, I recovered from that really well and music has been my to be quite honest been my uh counsel you know as well yeah I mean having close 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 family and friends you know you've got to have that support around oh, you like definitely keep saying it and definitely definitely um, and, and I think and I think a lot really, of the songs we're very lucky that. to have those people sorry I'm going to sorry, we're really lucky if, if yeah, we're very right. lucky to have those people some people don't have it you know? Yeah, well, you can go the other way. You know, you could be rebellious and go stuff it, you know, or just yeah. give up. You know, yeah. a lot of people just give up. Yeah. I, well, you know, I'm not about that. I keep going mm. forward and, and, and you know, I've, I've probably um, probably experienced probably some different things to what other people have experienced in life. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm a better person for it and, and um, I've learned to accept a lot of things now and, and just go, well, hang on, this is what I'm about. This is what I do. Be, you know, being true, true to myself more and more um, and not just being, um, okay, you know, not a yes man sort of thing. Yeah. I think, I think we can, we can step into going um, and agreeing and being complacent too about things yeah. Yeah. Um, too, too much. So, and, and I've noticed that more and more um, through, through growing up, but you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm still writing and, and, and I love it. You know, I, I don't think I'd ever give it up. Um, you know, you'd and have you have to cut my arms off. I think you shouldn't. I mean, <laughs> I think I think I think music is a very powerful thing. I think music has yeah. the ability to um, to put you in places where you've been once before in your mindset. Absolutely, you know, yeah. and then it's it's got the power to actually put you in different, you know, in, in a totally different world, like. Especially if you're like, like yourself, you're doing different genres and you're you're experimenting with this and with that, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's yeah. where some of the, um, you know, that that the satisfaction, that the satisfying thing comes uh, through. You know, when you've absolutely cross that, you know, that that thing or that 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 bridge where you know, all right, look, musically, this is where I was. It was neither here nor there, but you've figured out something else musically, and you think, oh, geez, that's I've just crossed the line and how good does that feel you know and if we can do that right. with life that would absolutely. be awesome you know yeah absolutely and and look nothing nothing will will um you know stop stop me i'm i'm pretty unstoppable these days um it's good to I hear guess, because i guess you know being being what we've gone through with COVID the last two years sure yeah i mean i was i was able to 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 release quite a bit of stuff you know as well 
So yeah. I released over that period. I mean, I um, going back to the Great Divide EP, I expanded mm. that to an album in 2018, which I. Well, I mean, I released the Great Divide EP in 2010. Mind you, Hearts on Fire, um, one of the songs got on the Absolute Country um, um, compilation, which was the Great Divide. Gee, that's and good. also Hearts on Fire was added to the Music um, Mayhem compilation CD, um, which raised funds for the Project Brain Drain. Over 14000 was raised with that. Jeez, that's good. Um, and also off, off the EP, I had a lot of response and... and Community Radio got right behind it. I mean, I was number one, the most downloaded song with The Great Divide in May 2010. That's great. No, sorry, 2011, sorry. And it was just a massive download and, and across Australia, it just went to number one. And, just and the, goes to show oh, communities oh, are powerful yep. when they want to work together, right? Absolutely. And, and, and I think Community Radio is, um, is really, really beneficial for for you know um artists in in the country jazz um, other I genres agree. you know because um, mainstream is not gonna yeah do much right yeah well look I, I think i think it does but it's a case of it's stepping stones and you've got to be mm. real about realistic about your career and if you really want to sustain a career you've got to be able to write lots of songs and yep. and one of them will stand out and it just takes time you know yeah and, and i mean i go through such a mount, mounting a mountain hill of songs that I, oh, no, nah, I throw that out, no, nah, nah, throw that out, and then then I go, oh, hang on, there's a bit there that I like, and that'll go well with that other song that I wrote. So sometimes songs come out of three, you know, and yeah. um, and, and look, the 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 last probably the last three years have probably been the most productive years in my life because I've been able to, I put out a an EP that I found a Holly instrumentals that I put on a four track boss you know, BR8 that I had years ago and I've got a Boss BR16. So I used to put down instrumentals so yeah. here and there. So I put an instrumental album out and that was, you know, reflections and moments, you know. Um, so I, I released that. Um, okay, it didn't get much radio play. I didn't promote it much because mm. I, so I just put it out there. Um, well, was that more I, of a personal was... thing to do an instrumental? Was yeah. Was that more of yeah, a personal sort of, you know... Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Goal? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was... Probably a case I had. Look, I had a few instrumentals that I that I hadn't recorded properly, and I thought I'll mix them and I'll do a bit of production work. So I was able to do that during the COVID period. I was in between jobs, um, and then there was another album that I put together. I recorded completely at home, you know, mm. um, and I added a couple of uh, sort of recordings that I did at um, Sean O'Sullivan, which was sort of a hint to the new album, some of the songs. And I thought I'll I'll release that, and that was um, Let's Be Released because it was. We were out of lockdown one, I think it was, or lockdown two, and then yeah, visual yeah lockdown two, lockdown <laughs> two. So, <laughs> so I called it lockdown. So I called it lockdown two. Let's be released. Locked in brackets. Lockdown two, and I thought, well, I'll record that, and it came out really well. I was better. I was actually autumnal trumpet ended up being on the the new EP that I released, which was um, state of emergency EP. Okay, um, which included four tracks off the new album current new album united we stand so so that that um was a really good time because I, I recorded quite a bit at um at uh highway nine just before COVID hit really mm-hmm. um, with the three with three of us three or four of us uh in in the band and then i and i generally brought the rest of the band into overdub that in between the lockdowns i think it was between lockdown two and three i brought the whole heap of um uh, local artists together because I thought well it's the, the title of the album's called United We Stand so it was sort of the opposite to the Great Divide so yeah. I thought well um, I'll um, yeah, it seems fitting you know, yeah United We Stand was pretty much about the musicians let's get back together and, yeah. and play and and they did and they they recorded really well I was I was actually I was actually quite taken back by how well it came up I mean thirteen musicians on it um, so it was really quite a production number and it took some time to do that in between. So Sean really works his wonders as well with that. Um, Sean's, Sean O'Sullivan's worked with Joshua Batten and Mike Arrington, you may know those yep. two blues artists. Um, but he's been very, very um, supportive as well. And and I was able to um, get all that done during that period. So I was able to even get it mastered through Tony Jack the Bear, Deluxe Mastering as well. Okay, so yeah. he was, he's been such a supporter over the years as well. So, you know, big big shout out to Tony and, and Sean O'Sullivan at Highway 9 production as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that, those guys, if you don't have that, you, we, you've got nothing, you know, you've got to it's have hard. those, yeah, you need, you need to have that. It was good to, it was actually good to go in a studio and record, but also good to, to record at home as well. You know, I was mm. able to do a bit of that dynamic and, 
and vocals I was able to work on as well over the last three years. And, and in between the lockdowns, I, I got out and gigged, you know, a lot of people didn't, you know, I, I was mm. the only probably, look, I did some streaming. I was probably the only one who really didn't take on the streaming. I did take a little bit on initially, but I, you know, it's not the same. I didn't it's think not. it was the same. So as soon as, as soon as we we're out of the first lockdown, I, I organ, tried to organize some shows and I was, I was in Benigo, you know, I was, I was playing some shows, three or four shows. I thought I'd try some new songs, my own, as well as some, you know, classic songs, and and it went down well. You know, yeah, good testing. They kept asking me back format, good testing place Absol- to do, you know, your new, your new stuff, you know, and that's yeah, always absolutely. good to put it out there and just see yeah. how how it, how it is, how it, how it gels, how they react, how people react, how 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 you how you're going to play it. Yeah. It's always good to have that, you know, that that, mm. that that first gig for some for some new stuff, you know. Well, well, I used to busk a lot anyway on Saturdays. I used to go and busk locally at the Where, local whereabouts? shops. And I to, um, Studfield shops in in Knox. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I used to go, okay. Go down there, and, and I used to used to used to busk down there when I was, you know, a bit younger and probably a bit more um, adventurous, I guess. And and Belgrave images outside there, Belgrave okay. shops. So it was good. Um, but that's where you try your songs out. You, you yeah, throw yeah. Your, your classic songs, but you, then you put your originals out there. It's like wow, and you get it. You actually get five ten dollar notes. Like, hang on, that that song must be working. Must so be working. Yeah. One, one of the songs that I tried was actually "What's the Color of Money," and and it's funny enough that's how I came up with the song because I was um, busking in um, quite frequently, and I I never realised the the worth in or the value in 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 music and. You know, when, when you, or the value, I don't think we value ourselves enough, even in media right. or, or other, other careers. And, um, and I thought that's a good title. And I thought, well, I'll work on that. And that, that ended up being on the, the latest album. And it was good to, to include the full band version of it. You know, I always did an acoustic version and I did record an acoustic version uh, for the full album, The Great Divide. But I thought, no, I'll do a full band version of it this mm. time. And, and it's come up really well, and I was quite happy um, uh, the way it came up. It's a six-eight time song as well. It's different sort of timing, um, so that's where that song probably gave the big tick because I used to get, I used to get a really good response with that song just acoustically. Um, Isn't that great? It's, it's yeah, a great feeling inside yeah. when you get a resp- good response from from the crowd, and you think, "Yeah, geez, that that, that feels good." You know, no, no money can 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 pay for that. You know. Yeah, I mean, even Surf Whispers, I mean, that was, you know, that was actually Whispers initially, the title Whispers, which was just acoustic bass. It was sort of a Spanishy sort of mm. surf song. It was more Spanish, actually, and I I turned it more of a surf number and added some brass. I thought it would go really well, and it did. You and need to I'm, add brass. Get, I've, had, I've had radio play on Triple R with that song. It's like, really? I never thought Gee, of it. that's good. Yeah, I've never, never thought R. of it on this strange mood show. Yeah, yeah. strange mood show. Thank you very yeah. much to Neil Rogers. So, you know, it's... um. And and people are saying, oh, that's a pretty cool, cool little surf number. I said, well, yeah, yeah I, I, it was a bit of fun. I just wanted to try something different, you know. Yeah. And and it works, you know. And it works well with grass, you know. It's um, slight slight variation of it, you know. It's sort of progressive surf, if you like. Um, yeah. So I did that as an instrumental. And and look, there's there's other songs on there. Little White Lies, which I wrote uh, during the bricks and mortar days, you know. And, mm. And I just didn't think the demos or the recordings we did then were good enough. I, I never, I was never happy with them. So I thought I'll put it to bed and do it in this album. That's it. Um, so you revisit, so, it's good when you yeah, revisit. Sometimes I've got I things that have I've, to. Yeah, got things that I've recorded ages ago. And just just the other week, I was listening to things. Look, and I think, why yeah, haven't I, I done I this? You know. Yeah, exactly. And I, I had a song called "Sail to You," which I had written years ago. You know, and. And that was another song that I thought oh, well, I better complete this and just put it to bed. And it was six eight time, and it had two four time in it as well, slightly different here and there. And mm. oh, I thought I'll just give it a go, and it, it's worked really well. We had we've had such a good response with that, and it's, it's been played on the, in the UK at the moment, you know, and oh, awesome. on um, Rockdown awesome. Radio. Thanks to Anita Monk, you know, it's um, you know again networking is everything as a everything. music music. I, I used to be um, a member of the Australian Songwriters Association growing up okay. in the nineties. Yep. Um, music managers forum, all those sorts of things. APRA. Yeah. Uh, if you if you, you're a songwriter, get on APRA. Yep. Um, Amcos. I'm a member of um, APRA and Amcos as well. They're very supportive, and and yep. you, you know every song you you play live, you get a, almost a couple of bucks these days. When you play yeah, and the more you do live, song. the more you the more you get. And if you other people yeah. play your music as well, you you get it absolutely. You know, if your music's on yep. some band's set list, and they're playing yes. it. You know, yes. they're not only, um, you know, getting your music out there, they're actually, you know, supporting you as well. <laughs> well, exactly right. And, and it doesn't hurt for you other people to play your song. I don't no, no, not at all. It's actually a compliment. It's actually of a real course. compliment. And, 
I've and, played um, I've played friends songs many times, even though I, I'm off the mega guitars, but I'll play them in a, in, in my way, and you know. It's it's different, but I'm playing their song, you know. It's yeah, my exactly. interpretation, yeah. but you know, yeah. I'm yeah. still playing their song, and hopefully, I'm I'm doing it justice, <laughs> you know. I mean, I mean, in between, you know, bricks and mortar, and 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 now, I mean, I've played in quite a few outfits over my time. I've played in a, a ska band like Looney Tunes, you know, that was fun. I played in a, an Overnight Express, which was an old time rock and roll band, you know, playing all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was um, going to actually ask you, like, from recording to busking. To playing live, and you've played in so many outfits as, as you've just mentioned, and now you've got a you've got a quite a big band now, yeah. Yeah, look, I've got a um, seven eight piece is, is a full band where, where mm. I tend to bring in guests like a guest vocalist, backing vocals, um, sax player, you know, another couple of brass players um, generally, and um, I've got at the moment I've got um, two guitarists, which will it's good to have as well because, I mean, I'm trying to free myself up of guitar so I can play a bit more brass and, br- mm. and slowly introduce the keyboard okay. a bit more because that's where I started and I want to start bringing that back in. And I think it's important to sort of show what your strengths are as well. I of mean, course. my strengths are certainly – I've certainly worked the vocal over my time and I still need – you know, it's always good to work it a little bit more and, mm. and, and get a bit more out of that. Um, in saying that, you know, it's good – it's, it's good to have fun with it too and, and it was good to share it's great to share the songs with others to learn as well and they can sort of give them their sort of feel as well with the songs live yeah and it's actually been a good time because i've been able to um to do that um because i've had i've had so many shows like since COVID's opened up i've had 85 shows i think geez yeah, that's that that's, a, that's good I haven't which had is, many. <laughs> I haven't had that is, many. Probably <laughs> get some pointers off here. <laughs> well, look, you know, like I said, networking is all yeah. part of it. So I think that's essentially get online. When I was, you know, obviously COVID, you were able to get online. Facebook was really help, helpful. Yeah. But you were able to, like I joined the ASC, which is Australian Songwriter Circle. They're really good too. And they, they help your songwriting. So I did the, I actually did the 30 days uh, EP, EP in 30 days, um, uh, in 28 days, it was, yeah, EP okay. um, course they ran. And I ended up doing, I think I ended up writing 20 songs. Jeez. So I actually, I've actually got them up on Sound SoundCloud as we speak. So um, check it out. Yeah, <laughs> so got, I'm going to put some links as well um, on the, yeah, after the podcast, cool. all, your, all your links and everyone will be cool. able to visit, you know, all the links that you have and everything from your website to so, so SoundCloud to everything. So I'm quite active. Like, I, I mean, I was able to do that because I was in between jobs as, again, mm. you know. So it's like, that seems to be my, um, being a creative, it's sometimes people take that the wrong way. So it's always good to. I completely to, understand, to yeah. Sometimes, move, you know what I mean? You, you yeah. move with it. So you yeah. just got to go with it, roll there's the punches, one, you know what I mean? That's like there's so. one common denominator and that's music. Yes. In amongst exactly. every phase of your life, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you know you're having a, a bad phase or a good phase. The music's there constantly; it's there all the, all the time, you know. Absolutely. So you play a bit too, don't you? Yeah. I do play a bit. I do play. I play flamenco guitar. Is my, my, my forte, but um, I play other instruments yeah. as well, um, like yourself. I was very, uh, you know, as 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 a younger kid, I was, you know very into different sounds and playing different um, genres, if you like, as well, you know, and, you know, playing, I, I sort of learned the keyboard through the guitar, like the guitar was my first Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Through the, through the keyboard yeah. through the guitar, picked up the bass, which wasn't a very big transition from the guitar, but um, mm-hmm. I learned the accordion. As well. Wow, that's a nice instrument. Yeah, a lengthy accordion. You don't hear enough of that. You never no, hear enough accordion. No, yeah. um, being of a Macedonian yeah, background, the accordion was yeah, one right. of the main things, and I actually did a lot of wedding gigs with the accordion and wow. and the synthesizers and everything like that. But mm. I also picked up um, things like the the like other sort of stringed instruments like the wood, which is the Arabic sort of instrument. I also learned oh, right. the wow. what they called the lute, which is like a um. It's like a mandolin, but it's yeah. it's six double strings, so it's twelve string, and it's a Spanish sort of instrument. And you have that double. Yeah. It's like a mandolin, but it's a bit bigger and the nick's a bit wider. Yeah. Played that. Okay. I tried. I tried saxophone. Tried woodwind, but I I, I actually played it. But I, I you have to spend a lot of time on it, you know. So yeah, look, it's it's a development thing. Yeah. And I think too. My it's like trumpet tone. Like it takes. 
it's not an overnight thing. No, like, no. I mean, I mean, I teach kids uh, trumpet, and and um, and I see them coming along pretty quickly. And it's like, well, you know, I've been able to teach them probably some quicker ways of or improving their style, and, and it's all about your tone. Like, you, yeah. you develop your tone over years, not not just overnight. And it's you um, do. like, and I mean, that's probably why I got into the Elvis, this biggest Elvis show that I just played in. Like, you know, I've, I did six shows with the biggest Elvis show, and. Um, Jeez, that was, that's that's a, that's a good gig. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. Like we had 109 people on stage. Really? At, at, I knew it was um, big. I didn't think it was Hay- that big. At Hamer Hall, and yeah, and, yeah, uh, I heard I was, about that. And that was my sixth show with 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 the with the, just the band. It was mainly a 30 piece band, you know. And then then it was 60 piece at Ballet Theatre. I thought that was a big show. And then then they had this choir come in for this this you know we we had um we had two crown shows before this is before covid we had two crown shows we had palais theater all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff so and we did did a lot of shows at taylor taylor's lakes as well yep. over the other side of town and with this and and uh with tom jones which was jimmy couples played that um and i tell you what this this last one was just massive it was just like we broke the records the australian records you know and really uh for the biggest um stage show of elvis you know tribute to elvis so um and it's going to probably go into the guinness build of records but it takes time to go through the yeah. whole process but yeah. um we've got it all documented and we all got a certificate you know um, really of, of it too, which is great and then i can say look i've played in the biggest elvis show ever in australia like you know not many people say that nah, you've know? you so, got you've um, got that and you've got the proof right <laughs> yeah i mean i played trumpet in it so it's pretty pretty cool on your resume so oh, of course. um so, so um you know from those sort of again networking from those sort of events you know you never know what comes out of it so that's why I'm, yeah you're you're, um, you're completely right there networking and it's networking with not a certain certain group of of, of musicians or this or that it's everyone you have to network with also because you don't know who you're going to work with, you don't know who yeah. you're going to meet and and, and this no, is the don't. reason why yeah. i've actually that i've done this podcast so i can right you know i, I can get mm. to meet these musicians but not only that to hopefully one day the musicians can actually start meeting themselves and and and, and con- connecting through the podcast and doing as much as i can for the music industry right and doing as much as we, we possibly can to, to have that Good network and have that community you know yeah, I think um, I think we'll talk more. I'm sure, Valentino. Oh, definitely, and, I, and, and I'll definitely. definitely interview you on Southern FM because yeah. this is a great little little segment. And I'll tell you what, you know, that one of the things you learn um, and you keep learning is 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 growing that 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 base of support. Sure. And not just that, that whole base of fans. And when you, when you're talking about gigs, yep, you can go to the venues and go, oh, look at my Spotify list, and they'll go, oh, hang on, you've got lots of people. Listening, up, yeah, you know, listening. I actually had, I actually had, um, oh, you know, some really big breaks lately. Like I had a, over twelve hundred listeners or something at one point. Really, and, and that's great. Like I, was, I was so able to get gigs, you know, and was able to, yeah, you know, I was able to play a lot more. And that's how I probably I stumbled across getting gigs because I told them I said, look, have a look at my Spotify. I'm getting this many listeners now, and. Um, I did a, a whole range of uh, regional gigs recently. I, I finished up. Um, I did, um, you know, I played at Lucknow, played at Nuji Hotel, played at Wanjilagong, okay. which is near Bright. Yeah, yeah. Played up at um, Lake Tyres, which is up Lake's Entrance Way. Um, Nicholson Hotel recently as well. And, and more recently, Nanagoon, which mm. was just the weekend gone. Um, so gigs aren't that hard to find. It's just a case of knowing people. But this next one I've got, Actually, I'm doing a small acoustic gig um, for a, um, a Ben Kelly um, at Sookie Lounge this Sunday, actually, um, as well. And I've got a few other gigs coming up, which is Mr. Boogeyman Bar Friday the 11th of November, and, and also 18th of November, I've got uh, Bronya RSL. So, and Cockatoo RSL is coming up on the 30th of October as well. So I've got all those gigs, you know, all of a sudden coming up. And I've, it's only because I've networked with those people, you know, mm. over the time. Uh, Again, it's building that, fostering that that relationship, and any any sales person will tell you that um, it's, it's it's about fostering those relationships and incorporating and, and selling your positives. You know, yeah, um, so true. You know, That's the how main do you sell thing. a pen. You know, how yeah. do you sell a pen? You know, how do you sell you yourself? You know, yeah. How do you do so, that? Some people don't know. It, I, no, I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> yeah, you know? No, it's, it's taken years for me to realize that too. Yeah. You know, like. 
um, I undersold myself a lot as a kid. I think, oh, you know, I, I never, never realized it. And, and then you go, well, hang on, I'm able to get these gigs. Hang on, I'll be able to field upon that. And that's, I mean, I, I did I actually just out of COVID, we're talking about COVID during COVID or out of COVID, I actually had some military gigs as well. So I went up to oh, Pakapunyal and did, did about four private functions, you know, and brought the band up for the first gig and, and out of out of lockdown and, and they loved it. You know, it was really good fun. And that's when I started to form the band again, you know. Um, and it gives you and, that you know, that push as well, you know, your the morale's yeah. up, you know, let's yeah. do this, let's do that. You know, you've got the rapport with the venues and you've got the rapport yeah. with the people and it's like things are rolling, you're getting that momentum. And once you get that My, momentum, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mind you, I was I was scouting and trying to find the right agents and musoapp.com.au have been really helpful for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm on that um, as well. And crowdpleaser.com.au, they've been really helpful yeah. for private function gigs. So I had quite a few private functions pop up and mm. I had a lot of cancellations too. I mean, I had six organized, well, probably a dozen actually, um, as we went into COVID the first one. And yeah, I, I had, I had a, I had a few concerts and they yeah. were, they were done. They were, you know, and you then the morale the, goes down yeah. with the people in the band and it's hard to get that yeah. back up, you know, it was, it was actually, um, it was a really tough time for all musicians, not yeah. just myself. I, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of the, the bigger artists, I don't know how they got on, you know, and, I mean, I spoke to someone who was more recently a, one of the backing singers for an artist, a well-known artist, and and uh, uh, you know she she had to go and find um, a job in another area of, of, mm. of life. Like it was, yeah, it's a bit you know it's Look, a bit disheartening. But she's getting back into it. But she's, yeah. I mean, she's a fantastic artist, and I just couldn't believe it when I heard that. Oh, what? You know? Sometimes you just you know you still you got you got to do what you got to do to, to survive, right? Absolutely, you, you, that's it. You know, you've you know, got and to, that's and, what it is. And, but still, music is there. It's it's the absolutely. common denominator. It's still there. No one's forgotten about it. We're not forgetting about you. Music is still there. We're, you know, it's just yeah. that finding the time and finding that the you, you, you know sometimes psychologically you're not in that mm. right space and you need, sometimes need a break. So yeah, I think you know. too. Uh, you know, I think of um, you know, I, I love seeing movies and I love going out and 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 doing day trips and things and mm. you know and just having time out is so important too yeah. as an artist and i think that's where your creative juices start to oh, flow definitely. too when you when you when definitely. you have experiences and like i've got like personal experiences i mean i've had a lot of them but they've been great too the last couple of years have been great as well like yeah. i've been able to spend more time with my family i mean how good's that you know that's right um i mean right. i've been able to work from home so it's, and that's a plus a lot of yeah, and, no and, commute, and I, no this, no that. You got more time to exactly. to do other things like music. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I, I taught myself Canva. I mean, you know, yeah, as well. so I'm able to do do my own art designs and yeah, things like that. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and learn to draw a little bit more and just try different things. You know, as well, like grow, you know, grow some veggies and all that sort of stuff that I got in the garden. So yeah, yeah, I mean, those same. Are, yeah, just just getting, just doing, just trying different things. I, I mean, I'm I'm great with, I love playing with wood, so I make all sorts of things out of wood. So I made my maybe we've got a lot of similarities, mate. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's good. Fun. I started making tables and stuff out of wood and resin and stuff <laughs> like that. It was, you know, <laughs> you know. It. But I think it's but the I mean, creativeness in our in our in our I blood is, in our genes, yeah. you know. And I think too, um, being a tech, I've always been a tech on the road. So electronics and, you know, I like the whole tech thing. And you know, yeah. It's funny because I, I built my own little radio station when I was about 12 or 11 or something. Okay. Tandy, Tandy yeah, the kit, Tandy you know. kits. <laughs> yeah. I had, had I, I, I um, actually, um, I think I uh, transmitted to the neighborhood and. Oh, really? People, used to get, used to get my friends to ring me, you know, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, no worries. And. <laughs> You know, so used to play some radio, you know, some music on there. And oh, that's it was awesome. A bit of fun. I, was, I was only, I was pretty young, so it was yeah. a bit of fun. Um, I probably would have, would have got in trouble if it was A C these days. But, anyway. <laughs> um, but I was young, so you get away with it. You know, you yeah, get away with anything when It's you're like young, so. the CB radios at the time, you know, you go in and you listen to what's going on and then, you know, <laughs> yeah, you do all yeah. those things. But um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Southern yeah. FM, right? Yes, yeah, Southern FM. You're, That's you're, been great. you're a presenter there, right? Uh, yeah, well, actually, I, I got my first radio debut was actually Eastern Radio, which is back 98.1, which was back oh, in 98.1 1986, radio. believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, That's I, when I was I, first I remember, on radio. I remember them, yeah. And they're still around, um, 98.1 yeah. uh, Radio Eastern. And um, I told Murray Smith that actually on the Sunday after uh, morning show, Australian Made Show. It's a fantastic show. 
And um, that's where I started. I mean, that's where my first demo, Great Divide, was played. So mm. it's pretty cool. And then, and then I actually later on, obviously, I uh, a few years gone past, and then I released my first EP. And I thought, okay, a few years after, I think it might have been one year after. I thought, hang on, people, people should get behind community radio because I, mm. you know, I realised you know community radio is everything for us. You know, development. And I so I got I started up my radio show on three WBC on Box Hill Radio. 94.1 and they really were very supportive of me straight away paul hooper and vian and the crew there was so supportive of me um taking on a radio show and i did a i actually did a sunday afternoon show which was all about traveling so i used to talk about areas of travel and used to play tracks from areas of um you know victoria like hillsville or you know okay there's some tracks that i'd pick out from you know suburbs or wherever yeah. and 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 uh, frankston and you know all that sort of stuff frankston. so it was, it was <laughs> uh, no nah, there's lot, lots of uh, and eastern victoria yeah, there's yeah, lot, yeah. lots of and there's actually a lot of local artists that actually sang about that you know and they weren't getting exposed so it was good to do that and i actually thought oh there's not not much brass being played either so i ended up putting a lot of brass stuff on and hunters and you know yeah, playing yeah. a lot of a lot of the local cat empire you know a lot of the local artists so i thought i'll i'll, I'll start up um so i thought no, i'm not really getting anywhere with this show and, and it was it was a strange made show that i was involved in really good but i thought oh, i'm just not I, I don't know it just wasn't probably the the, the time and i thought i'll move on mm. and so i went to southern fm and they they have been so supportive with my brass i was in any show it's just in, insane um so so i've been doing that I actually did it programming it from home okay. during COVID. That, that's how, that's what got it because I actually got out of radio for a while and then got back into it. So, um, so what's the show yeah, called? It's called Brass Oz and Indie Show. Okay, it's on every Wednesday night between ten PM and midnight. Okay. Um, so tune in eighty eight point three. It's also on southernfm.com.au. So, so tune can, in every Wednesday that. night. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. Um, look, Mark, it was great to having, having a chat with you, and we're going to do this again, definitely. Um, later on. Um, yeah, it was really good to, you know, get an insight into, you know, you know, your, your, your journey and, and, and your, Absolutely. your songwriting. I found them very, very interesting, very, um, you know, very, very pure, you know, like based on, on, on your, on your experiences, you know, and it was a great to have you on. It's great to, to have you part of, part of the podcast, part of the Shuttle Court podcast. Oh, thank you. You know, I really appreciate your support and a uh, big thank you um, to Valentino for including me. And look, you know, um, songs take you on a good adventure and I just sure keep do. writing them. I think that's the secret. But um, thank you very much. Um, look out for the United We Stand, the new album. It features um, Happy Song, um, which is getting lots of local radio play Fantastic. Um, here and abroad, as well as, um, you know, there's Walk On By as well on there, featured on there. And, and there's quite a few new singles coming up. No Ordinary Girls coming out very soon end of october and awesome. also um next month there'll be another single um start making sense which will be um a really um yeah it's a sort of another step into the realm of probably chicago sort of punk okay. if you like i yeah. know it's a cross cross between um and i'm getting good responses from those songs Fantastic. as well as um there's, there's surf whispers which will be out um over the summer as well awesome. um awesome. instrumental um so you can catch that wave fantastic look it was a, it was absolute pleasure mark and i'm um, wishing you all the very best mate thank you you too no worries thanks once again great thank you <laughs> Access to me, but it's booming, global warming. 
Trouser party. Hope you enjoyed the Strike Accord podcast. Be sure to visit valentinoflamenco.com to access more podcast episodes, news, and other projects that I'm currently working on. Thanks for listening and watching.